0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando
1: Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 10th, 2020. Happy birthday to my dad. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore ond On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we will talk about the Orlando Magic's overtime loss to the Boston Celtics and what it all means to come up just short, both in Sunday's game as well as in the race for the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference as the Orlando Magic are now locked into the eighth spot. They will play the Milwaukee Bucks in the 2020 playoffs. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Boston Celtics perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Celtics. Want to get a quick preview at the Milwaukee Bucks, as I'm sure... I will start listening to Locked On Bucks more regularly now. Check out Locked On Bucks. You can also look ahead to Tuesday's game, as well as the celebration as the Brooklyn Nets clinch the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference over on Locked On Nets. No matter what team you are cheer for, what team you're interested in learning more about, or anything in between, there's a Locked On podcast for you in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, and college too. Everything seems to be going on right now, um, so I can't possibly name it all. You can download these podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Just search for "Lockdown" and the team you're looking for. The Lockdown Podcast Network—it's your team every day. The biggest storyline that we've really been following inside the bubble, uh, certainly the last week, as the Orlando Magic played the four teams with winning records on their schedule, was the Magic struggle to beat said teams with winning records. Entering the bubble, Orlando only had five wins against teams with records above 500 the fewest of any of the 22 teams entering the bubble. Steve Footford was actually asked about this Saturday after practice, uh, and he said, you know, that is something that they usually look at in the off season as to why that would happen. Um, it was something that they were good at last year, so it wasn't a huge concern of his. But he did say and did concede that while this is something I look at more closely in the off season and, and I used, and he said he used the hiatus more to just evaluate his team in general rather than focus on kind of those big picture stuff, He said that it is something that is concerning. As I've already revealed, the Brooklyn Nets have clinched the 7th seed, so you probably deduce and probably know already the Orlando Magic loss to the Boston Celtics, giving a clean four-game sweep of losses uh, of the teams that the Magic played with records above 500. But this loss stings more, not only because... So much was on the line. Brooklyn Nets' magic number to clinch the 7th seed entering the game was 2. One magic one magic loss, one Nets win. And the Nets took care of business, uh, blitzing the, the LA Clippers early and holding on for the win uh, in the nightcap of the evening, clinching that 7th seed and making the final two games of the seeding round pretty moot uh, for the Magic, for the Nets, for, for everyone involved. But the Magic certainly feel that they left 1-1. On the table. The Magic should certainly feel that, yes, it was expected perhaps that they would lose to Boston. Boston's a very good team, playing very well. But they should feel like they left one on the table. Up by five points with 40 seconds to go, Orlando was cruising. They were making the plays they needed to make. And then all of a sudden, they didn't. Marcus Smart missed a three-pointer, but Daniel Dice broke free of a box-out, or maybe he wasn't boxed out at all. And got the rebound. He kicked it back out to Jason Tatum. Tatum pumped fake to get Gary Clark out out of the way. Sidestepped and drained a three. Okay, they're still up two. Still a chance to finish the game, but you need a basket. You need to make a play. And this is at the very center of all the issues the Magic have had this season. uh, And certainly inside the bubble. DJ Augustine tried to make a play. I'm not going to fault him. For trying to make a play, trying to make something happen, trying to create and trying to do what he does, what's made him successful um, throughout the season, uh, throughout the last two seasons, you know, someone that Steve Clifford trusts a ton. But he made a bad decision. He made a bad rim decision. He tried to finish a finish over um, taller players and got his shot blocked. The Magic was a little bit out of position defensively, coming back as the Celtics didn't call timeout. They got the matchup they wanted. Markel Fultz guarding Jason Tatum. And Fultz did his best to defend him, but Tatum was able to spin by him, shake him off, and hit the jumper to force overtime. Jason Tatum's individual brilliance certainly is deserving of praise and deserving of, of recognition. He made some very tough shots and made some very big plays. The Celtics certainly did too. They would win in overtime 122-119. to 119. Um, with Orlando taking an early lead they got the, they got the first points of overtime but the the offense just was inefficient um it, Boston put a little token press on them and the Magic could not break it i mean they broke it but by the time they got over half court by the time they initiated their offense it was just there's just so late in the shot clock it was 15 14 seconds left in the shot clock they needed 7 seconds to get over the timeline and a lot of that frankly, was, ta- was a tactical error by Steve Clifford. I-, I-, I get that he trusts D.J. Augustine. I get that D.J. Augustine is a pretty steady hand and-, and and generally I would agree that he is a player that you can trust in that situation. But the Magic's lack of size was apparent because Markel Fultz was guarding Jason Tatum and that didn't work. And Augustine just simply wasn't able to get the Magic up the court quick enough. That's something that Markel Fultz is designed to do. That is what he is in there to do. And playing him off the ball just... It can work. I think the Magic did some good sets to get Markel Fultz the ball um, very early in the in the play so he could essentially initiate the play from a triple threat position rather than off the dribble. And those plays work. So I, I'm not against that as, as a general supposition. But very clearly against this press, that wasn't working. And it's a fair criticism. It's always been a fair criticism with Steve Clifford that he doesn't make in-game adjustments quick enough. That he, he sticks with his plan like a step too long I, I criticized him for that last year I certainly still criticize I still think that is a weakness of his again generally I think his tenure' has been overall very very good. we're going to the playoffs for a second straight year for crying out loud but this cost the magic the game. they weren't able to execute and then they fouled four fouls seven free or seven or seven free throws. for the the Celtics in the fourth quarter, or in the overtime, excuse me. And that's what hurt them against Philadelphia, and that's what kept them from winning. It is these details that are going to matter most in the playoffs. It is these details that you've got to get right. You cannot give away points. You cannot give things away. And that's, again, Boston went out and won the game. I'm not taking anything away from them. Celtics fans, I I follow a bunch of Celtics fans on Twitter, a bunch of Celtics accounts on Twitter. Um, they got a fairly good, fairly active Twitter Twitter site. Um, they they were disgusted with how they played. They were like, I can't believe we lost this game. Like they they felt like they were they felt like this was going to be a loss. Kudos to Jason Tatum. Kudos to the Celtics for going out and taking the game. For going out and getting this one. The Magic left that door wide open, and it is the killer instinct that the Magic don't have right now. That is exactly why. They're going to finish the season 5-30 and 30 against teams with winning records this year. It is exactly because they don't play another team with a winning record the rest of the year. It is exactly why they're the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference. It is, it is exactly why we're sitting here describing a frankly disappointing season. And that's, that's the truth of it for real. That this team just hasn't lived up to expectation. And that's kind of the feeling that we have to have at this point. Before we move on and dive into the box score, let me just give a quick pointer to CBD MD. doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. And if you like to use CBD products, it's personally not for me, Our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. To make it even easier to try this amazing duo of tropicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase for superior CBD oil products if you choose to use them. Let's dive into the box score of this game against the Boston Celtics. Orlando actually going into this game without Aaron Gordon, still out with the hamstring injury, although he did some light workout before the game on the court. Without Michael Carter-Williams, still dealing with the foot strain. And without Evan Fournier, who was out with a non-COVID-related illness. Um, I asked Steve Clifford before the game if this was a case of um, you know, if the, the Magic needed the game to clinch a playoff spot, whether they would play or not, um, Steve Clifford emphatically said no, none of them could play at this point. Um, so I will take him at his word on that. Um, Clifford did say on Saturday after practice that right now, with the playoff spot already wrapped up, and yes, at that point, they did believe they could still win seventh, um, but the main goal for the team was to get to 100% health. Um, the Magic know that whether they were going to play the Bucks or the Raptors, they will play the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they. they they knew that they would have to beat 100% to have any chance against them. Um, that if you know these key players are out, um, they're not going to have a chance to win any anything against these teams. So I think that is the right choice uh, to make sure these guys are healthy. Hopefully they can get one or two games, Tuesday and Thursday are the last two games before the playoffs begin. Hopefully they can get some games under their belts before they start playing once again. Um this has obviously um, obviously left the Magic a bit under undermanned. Um, you know they were you know again as Clifford said it you know kind of before the game we're out four of our top eight players if you include Jonathan Isaac also out uh, out of action too. So the Magic already starting on the back foot. But you know it's these kind of games where you expect a really strong effort. Um, you know I, I I noted before the game like look when the Magic beat the Lakers you know without D J Augustine without Evan Fournier. It was because they came out like gangbusters. They were they were ready to play from the tip. They played with a ton of energy, uh, and and the Magic largely did that. Um, you know, I, I felt like the Magic had the right approach and had the right intensity throughout most of this game. Their defensive rotations were not perfect. They made it. They made their share of errors defensively, but there were enough really good defensive possessions. The Magic's defense, especially in the first half, was stupendous, and they had a lot of really good possessions throughout the game. So. You know, again, we're not looking for moral victories here. Winning is what matters. Winning is ultimately how everyone's judged, and we're at playoff time. Winning is the only thing that counts. But um, I would say, between the Philadelphia game, this game, and honestly, even parts of the Toronto game, uh, outside of the first quarter of the Toronto game, the Magic are playing better. And, and, And this might be the optimist in me speaking. You know, I thought the Magic were going to go 3-5 and five or 4-4 four and four in the bubble. They're still on track to do that, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think it's very possible that they win these last two games and go 4-4 four and four in the bubble. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think that the Magic are heading in the right direction. I think there is some confidence growing. I think that they are starting to do the right things. Of course, the issue is they're not beating, they're not winning the games against the quality opponents, against the playoff-caliber teams. like, look— Beating Brooklyn is a nice win. Um, You know, I I think the I don't think that game is going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. They're playing significantly better than they were um, when the Magic faced them to begin this camp, begin the bubble season. Um, But Orlando matches up well with them. I I think Orlando does have a very good shot at beating them again. And New Orleans obviously isn't going to be playing for anything at this point, having already been eliminated from the playoffs. And so we don't know what kind of New Orleans team we're going to get. But, you know, Orlando's done well against New Orleans earlier in the season too. Uh, And so, you know, if the Magic play... You know, at this level, you know, a little bit more precise, a little bit better, they're certainly capable of winning these games. Because Orlando got a lot of really good performances. I mean, Steve Clifford even said after the game, you know, we did some good things. You know, in crunch time, in the moments that mattered, Orlando did a lot of bad things. But it wasn't for a lack of necessarily effort, but it wasn't for a lack of guys stepping up and, and, and filling in the roles of the guys that were missing. Take a look at Gary Clark, 15 points, 5 for 8 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks. He made some really nice defensive plays, and him being able to make shots and and making shots for the Magic hit a lot of problems throughout the game, but him being able to make shots and him being able to to play some solid defense was really positive. This was probably Gary Clark's best game in a Magic uniform, and it it was a really strong effort and really strong showing. James Ennis, a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 4 for 7 shooting. You know, I think sometimes James Ennis tries to drive a little bit too much into the into the lane and is a little wild or a little bit kind of breaking the mold to get to the basket or get his. When that's really not his game. He's more of a cutter. He's more of a slasher. You know, he it's the occasional open three-pointer, but, you know, even that's not really his game. But he did all of that really, really well in this game. He made some nice plays and some good decisions. And that is everything for the Orlando Magic. Wessowundu with nine points. Again, maybe he was a little too happy and too eager to shoot. But, you know, he filled in his role really well. Melvin Frazier Jr. with a career-high eight points. We've been waiting so long to see Melvin Frazier play meaningful minutes. 3-for-5 shooting, 2-for-4 from beyond the arc, two steals. He played really, really well. Um, Well enough to save his job. Well, that's going to be another question. But he played really well. The Magic needed him. They turned to him, and he delivered. My guy Vic Law, one point. I, I just needed to mention Vic Law because he's, he's a Northwestern guy. But the Magic needed some players to step up and needed some players to kind of support things. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal always has the thing of saying, you know, in the playoffs, the others provide the others are are the difference. Your stars are going to be your stars. They're going to be there to take you to the finish line. They're going to be there to get you over the finish line. It's the others that make the difference. Those guys stepped up. They played well. They did exactly what they had to do. And, and again, they, they strung together enough enough minute, good minutes to, to give the Magic a chance to win. And that's all you can ask for from, from those kinds of players. What you need, though, is you need your stars to carry you over the finish line. And, and that's where the Magic had the mixed bag. Nikola Vucevic, I thought, had an okay game. And this is a game where he needed to dominate. Boston. You know, The, the center spot against Boston, is Nikola Vucevic, is the one spot the Magic should have had an advantage. And I, I believe this. Every time the Magic faces the Celtics, they don't go to Vucevic in the post enough. off And that's not to say Daniel Dice is not a good defender that can frustrate Vucevic. But this is a game where Vucevic needed to dominate it, need, needed to be the best player on the floor. And there were times that he was. There were times that he was extremely good. And there were times that he was kind of just taking shots and doing heat, you know, doing heat check shots and trying to do a little bit too much or trying to kind of just take shots because it was his responsibility to take a shot. 26 points, 11 rebounds. That stat line is fine. He scored plenty and and he made some big shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He made the shot that gave the Magic the five-point lead uh, late in the game. He made some big plays. So I'm not taking anything away from him on that. But 11 for 27 shooting. A lot of shots he took not all of them good shots. I thought the magic shot selection generally wasn't great. I thought they took a lot of quick shots at, you know, at points of the game where they could have been extending the lead and working for better looks and more importantly 3 for 11 from beyond the arc. Orlando needed more from Nikola Vucevic. I hate to say it because he gave a lot, the magic went to him a lot and he delivered in, again in long stretches, but he also was kind of a little bit short and not giving everything that or not giving the magic everything that they ultimately would need. Terrence Ross, also a guy that the Magic needed to step up. After his over 10 performance, he played really well. 18 points, six for, uh, seven rebounds, two assists, but six for 17 shooting, three for 12 from beyond there. We know he's going to be a gunner. We know he's going to shoot a little bit. But again, Ross, not the greatest shot decisions. A lot of times just coming around the screen, just firing away. Not, he's not afraid to shoot, and that's good. We want that. But again, it's got to be about efficiency. It's got to be about making smart decisions. It's about knowing when to take that contested three or knowing when to. Make the contest, shoot the contested three, or or kind of keep the ball moving. And, and I think too much. Ross was just coming around the screen, just shooting indiscriminately. Um, again, that's some of it might be just because he felt like he had to take on more of the responsibility. Um, but overall, you know, overall Ross did some good things. Um, you know, was very instrumental in the Magic taking the lead. But again. We're talking about a team. This is a game where the Magic controlled it most of the way. Um, you know, the Celtics had their had their lead a little bit in the second second quarter, but Orlando took it back. You know, it was a fifty fifty game, and there were points where the Magic looked like they could have pulled away, or uh, parts where the Celtics started pulling away, and the Magic would just take the wrong shot and 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 not be able to get back into the game. The Magic made plenty of shots too to get themselves back in the game. So, don't get me wrong on that front. DJ Augustine, um, this is just not his game. Um, you know, I, like I said. I think there was a major tactical error leaving him on the floor. Um, give Steve Giffer credit. He played Marco Fultz down the stretch when he doesn't usually go back to him in that situation. Um, but I got I, I, I agree with, so, with everyone on, online. DG Augustine should not have been on the floor at the end of this game. Um, it, it, he just didn't have it today. Uh, again, that's not to say you don't trust him later on. But this is a game you had to win. You know, it, it, regardless of what Brooklyn was going to do, if the Magic lose this game, that means their margin for error is zero. And, and it's not in their hands anymore. I mean, even with the the two even with the the Nets having a game and a half lead and, and a two-game two-game advantage, it was still in the Magic's hands to get the 7 seed. If the Magic had won out, they would have gotten, they would have essentially gotten the 7 seed. I mean, they would have needed one more loss from Brooklyn, but they they were in position to kind of th- this was a big game. That the Magic needed to have. Not just not just because of the 17, but because of confidence-wise. And DJ didn't have it today. And that's okay that DJ doesn't have it. But it was the decisions that he made. Trying to attack the basket. Trying to be the smallest guy going in amongst the trees. That was just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Aggressive. I don't mind aggressive decisions. But this, is a ta- this was a time where Clifford needed to kind of pull the reins back. Needed to get some more size out there. I, I would have loved to have seen James Ennis guarding Jason Tatum down the stretch instead of instead of uh, Markel Fultz. Um, Markel Fultz was clearly outmatched, and Tatum took him on the block and posted him up and was able to get separation and, sp- and shoot over him. That's that, that's just bad matchups. This is the part of the year where matchups matter most, and the Magic put Markel Fultz in a bad spot. They put DJ Augustine in a bad spot. Um, I, I think that it is absolutely... You know, this is absolutely something that cannot happen in the playoffs. You, you know, regardless—I mean, obviously, Evan Fournier would be in the game at this point. But this cannot happen when the game really matters. When we get to when we get to next week when we're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. If that happens, if you give a game away like this against the Milwaukee Bucks, the series is over. Period. The Magic are going to have precious few opportunities. And we'll talk about the Bucks here coming up in a bit. I just want to touch briefly on them. Um, when we get to the Milwaukee Bucks, when we get to the playoffs— the, when you get this kind of an opportunity to win a game, same thing against Philadelphia, by the way. When you get this opportunity to win a game, you cannot let it slip by. They, they will not come. Orlando is not likely to blow out the Bucks. Any game the Magic get is going to be a grind, is going to be a fight. And so you better take advantage when they come. I, 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 that, that's just the truth. you got to win those close games. And the Magic didn't win that. And a lot of that, frankly, was on DJ Augustine's uh, management of the game and the pace set that they had the Magic playing at as well as his decision-making attacking the basket. I hate to say it because I do like D.J. Augustine. I do think he brings a stabilizing presence to this team. This wasn't his game. This wasn't his moment. Uh, and, and I think that the Magic, um, I think I, I don't want to say it cost the Magic game. It certainly didn't help. Marco Fultz, though, did look like he was ready to enter the starting lineup once again. 16 points, t- 6 rebounds, 10 assists. Sent for 18 shooting. Was much better in the second half than in the first half. Big part of why the Magic were able to come back in this game, take a lead in the fourth quarter, and control the game. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Markel Fultz on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic, Um, but Fultz certainly looks ready to be back in the starting lineup. Uh, Steve Clifford uh, said after the game that they do have a plan uh, for Markel Fultz. They're going to continue that plan, Um, but but Clifford essentially said for the first time they have a plan for when Fultz is going to start. They're going to get there eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later. But it is going to happen eventually that Fultz will be back in the starting lineup. Um, it, it certainly seems like all indications are that he is getting closer and closer to that. In this game, he played 32 and a half minutes. Again, that's with overtime, so 27 and a half minutes uh, in regulation. Um, that's fairly close to his normal minutes. So uh, definitely, look, Marco Fultz definitely looked good, definitely looked more like his old self in this game. Orlando shoots 40.2% from the floor, 15 for 47 from beyond from beyond the arc, 22 for 26 from the foul line. So they did a good job getting to the foul line. 13 turnovers is a little much for them from DJ Augustine, like I said, not really his game. Uh, as the Orlando Magic give them, put themselves in a position to win. Boston shoots just 12 of 40 from beyond the arc, 30%. 45 for 102 from the floor, 44.1%. 13 offensive rebounds. Again, uh, a big bugaboo for the Magic. A lot of those just a lot of them especially late in the game. Came at the absolute wrong moment. They get big scoring games from Gordon Hayward with 31 points, 12 for 18 shooting. He could not miss. Jason Tatum closing it out with 29 points, 10 for 24 shooting. So Orlando generally did a good job on Jason Tatum until the very end of the game. Jalen Brown with a quiet 19 and 12, 7 for 19 shooting overall for him. Kemba Walker only four points, one for nine shooting. Maybe the Magic solved Kemba Walker? No, they didn't. I'm not. I'm not, not going to joke that. I'm not going to make that joke. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Um. Once again, the Boston Celtics defeat the Orlando Magic 122-119 in overtime. The Orlando Magic fall now to 2-4 in the bubble. They play the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday, but the Brooklyn Nets have already clinched the 7th seed. The Orlando Magic will play the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA playoffs. Before we talk a little bit more about those Milwaukee Bucks, just kind of introduce them, reintroduce them to you a little bit. Um, You know, we in Orlando, we in Central Florida rely a lot on our vehicles. It's just, a, it's just a fact of life here. There's no getting around it. This city is not built with, with uh, uh, public transportation in mind. It is a commuter town, whether you're going to the parks, which you probably shouldn't be going to at this point, even though they're open. you know, Whether you're going to a state park, that park maybe you should go to, um, or, or trying to get to work, this is a car town. And so you got to take care of your car the best you can. And whether you know exactly what you're looking for or need a little bit of help finding the exact part that you need or, or the tip that you need, that auto, parts, that auto parts store can be really intimidating. But I tell you what's not intimidating, sitting in your house and knowing that every part that you might need or anything that you might need is available to you and available to deliver to your home whenever you want. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. It's a long time. The internet's barely 20 years old. Well, no, no, it's not. God, I'm getting old. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us Sevox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time
1: We know who the Orlando Magic are going to face in the playoffs. And yes, we are going to spend much of the next week discussing and previewing this series. Because frankly, that's all that matters. No offense to the game Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets or the game Thursday against the New Orleans Pelicans, both of which I think the Magic can still win. It's all pointing toward next Monday or next Tuesday when the playoffs begin and the Orlando Magic play game one against the Milwaukee Bucks. That is all that matters. And as you can tell by some of the discussions that we've had here on this podcast throughout the last week, everything is pointing about playing playoff-level basketball. As Steve Clifford has said, the Magic had two goals when they got into the bubble. One was to clinch their playoff spot without needing a play-in series against the Washington Wizards. Check. The other is to play in a manner where they can make an impact in the playoffs. That is to say... They know that playing the Bucks, playing the Raptors was going to be tough. Now, now we can say, say specifically the Bucks. They know what's going to be tough, but they want to be able to win the series. They want to be able to compete in the series. They want to be able to say that we gave it all our, all our all in the series, at least gave them a run for their money, and made them think, even for a split second, that they weren't able to win. To say the least, this week has been a frustrating one for the Magic on that front. Orlando came in again with the fewest wins against teams with records above 500 of any team in the Disney campus. They had four chances to get that win, to get those wins, to build that kind of playoff confidence. Against the Indiana Pacers, they gave up 40 points in the first first quarter. Against the Toronto Raptors, they scored only 11 in the first quarter. They put themselves in deep holes that they were unable to dig themselves completely out of. They almost got out of it against the Raptors. Against the 76ers, they played a much stronger game. Fought to the very end, but made some very critical and self-inflicted errors, fouling Joel Embiid a lot, missing a ton of threes. That cost them that game and kept them from that victory. And then, of course, Sunday against the Boston Celtics, they blow a five-point lead with 40 seconds left and lose that game in overtime. It's not that the Magic aren't capable of winning these games. It's all self-inflicted wounds. It's all either them not being ready to play from the very start, getting blitzed and kind of getting overwhelmed before they could compose themselves, or it's their own errors and own mistakes making it easier for for the opponent's star player to beat them in the end. You hope that this is correctable, but again, it keeps happening. To say the least, the Bucs or the Raptors are both incredibly difficult matchups for this team. Especially without Jonathan Isaac. Especially without Jonathan Isaac. Um, I, I cannot stress that enough. And it's going to be extremely difficult to get a game off the Bucks. They are a juggernaut. But the bubble's done weird things to people and to teams. The Bucks haven't played that great in the bubble. They lost to the Nets again. Giannis sat out the fourth quarter, so maybe or second half. Maybe we shouldn't read too much into that. The overtime loss to the Mavericks was a was just as a crushing one as the one that the Magic suffered to the Celtics. Milwaukee had a seven point lead with two minutes to play, and lost that lead and watched Luka Doncic tear them up. With a, a thrilling and stunning performance. So I've come to I've come to a few conclusions about this. First, I'm not reading too much into how the magic are playing in the bubble, to be perfectly frank. Um I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying don't be disappointed. We should be disappointed the magic didn't get seventh. That was a goal that we had, and a goal that we all felt was very achievable. And frankly, the difference between the Nets getting the 7th seed and the Magic not getting the 7th seed is the Nets won games that they shouldn't have won. They got upsets. They beat the Bucs. They beat the Clippers. The Magic haven't done that all year, and they didn't do that in the bubble. That's why Orlando is sitting at 2-4 and in the bubble and playing playing as the 8th seed. They didn't get the job done. The Nets went out and took it, and all congratulations to them. They played very, very well. But the Bucks have looked a little human. And like I said, I'm not buying everything that we see in the bubble. Um, it, it was a disruption. And obviously, Markel Fultz has been slow to come back. Evan Fournier had left a shot in April, or in March. Um, it's, the Magic are facing a ton of injuries again. It's, if you're looking to make broader conclusions about this Magic roster... You don't need the bubble to make them. And in fact, I don't think the bubble is going to change any minds about what the Magic need to do in the offseason. The only thing it changed was Jonathan Isaac's injury. That's the only thing that's changed because of the bubble, to be perfectly frank. The only other thing that could change things is how they play in the playoffs, whether with the increased pressure and the increased focus in the postseason, someone steps up. Milwaukee has struggled in 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 this campus. They've struggled but they're still very, very good. Giannis is still a force to be reckoned with. And Milwaukee has a very, very solid plan and way to play, as Clifford likes to say. You spread the floor with four shooters around Giannis, you let Giannis attack, and you kick it out to the open man. You kick it out to the three-point shooter and move the ball to the open man. To be sure, the most important thing in this series or in this upcoming series, the Magic will have with the Milwaukee Bucks, is three point defense. You got to wall up Giannis and keep him out of the paint, sure. You got to slow him down, which is not easy. But more importantly, you got to get out to their three point shooters and make sure that they're not killing you from the three point line. And the other way to do that, and the other way the Magic are going to struggle to do that in the series, is it means you've got to make shots and make them take it out of the net. You cannot turn the ball over. You cannot create or allow Milwaukee to create fast-break opportunities. This is how the Bucs play. And the Bucs are an incredibly strong defense. They, uh, at least before the hiatus, they led the league in points allowed in the paint. They give up the fewest points in the paint in the entire league. That is thanks to their aggressive drop coverages. They essentially invite you to take mid-range jumpers knowing that those are inefficient shots, they keep you away from the rim. They keep you away from the foul line. And that's how they beat you because once they get a rebound, they are gone. That's how the Magic got destroyed by them four, or three times this season. Magic's average margin of defeat against the Bucks is 17 points per game. These games have not been pretty, pretty. And for those who are like, the Magic matchup's so bad with the Raptors, I don't want to see the Bucks. That's the proof that the Magic don't want to see the Bucks either. Again, neither matchup is gonna be easy. They, they, they didn't have a choice here. To be sure, we will dive deeper into the individual matchups and what needs to happen for the magic to win this series or have a chance in the series. But that to me is the big one. Is this going to come down to some of the very things that the magic have struggled with most since getting into the bubble? They cannot foul, they cannot give away free points. They cannot give up transition points. They cannot give up three-pointers. And they've got to be efficient and smart offensively. I'll tell you what. If the Magic play the way they did late in the fourth quarter and in overtime against the Bucks, they are going to get demolished. You cannot be ramming yourself into the paint and throwing up wild shots. That's, that's the truth. The Magic are going to have to get hot and they're going to have to make shots. And if the Magic want to win a game, it's going to be because they get they get hot because the Milwaukee Bucks do give up a ton of threes. And the gamble is, A, we're going to prevent point paints, which are the most efficient, easy shots to make. And B, if you miss a three, you're going to miss more threes than you make. And if you miss a three, we're going to take that rebound and we're going to run it right down your throat with Giannis leading the way. That's Milwaukee Bucks basketball as I, as far as I understand it. I'm going to study them a little bit more. But that is how the Bucks And the Magic, at their best, when they're dialed in, when they're playing well, which they haven't done for a little while now, they're certainly capable of taking a game from them. The Bucks aren't going to pressure them like Toronto does. They're going to let Marco Foltz dance around the mid-range. And if he's hitting his shot, that could force them to come out and that could freeze some other things up. If Orlando can defend the three point line, which they've been a little inconsistent with, but that, you know, three point defense is a lot of luck, too. There's an opportunity there. Magic got to be healthy. They'll need Evan Fournier, as much as some people don't like him. They'll need Aaron Gordon, for sure. But there's a chance, an outside chance, a small chance, a chance at least for one game. But making that prediction is for another day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__mv. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure to follow our friends at Locked on Bucks as we get set for that series against the Milwaukee Bucks beginning next week. On the latest episode of Locked on Bucks, they discuss the Milwaukee Bucks' struggle inside the bubble and whether that matters at all. I think the Magic are going to find out here in about a week. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
0: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast.